0: has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com start and join scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever uh welcome to another episode of the gap down backer podcast uh today i have my a, a good old friend of mine uh he is the head football coach at thomas Worthington high school here in ohio um in the great occ conference um coach mike bichetti coach how you doing my friend i'm awesome man great to see you good to see you like it's been it's been a little bit i mean <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you tend to get a little busy when that head coaching job comes under your title
0: there a little bit. You don't have much time for anything. I think the last time we saw each other was like the spring of 21. We had lunch or something like that, like right after COVID, yes. like we got lunch. I think you just finished your first year at Thomas, I want to say. Yeah, I believe I believe it was right around, yeah. We, we, I
1: think I had just finished my first year. We sat down at old B-dubs and had a, had a bite to eat there in Dublin. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I mean, coaches I've known since probably 2014, 2015. Um, but, I mean, for, for people who don't know you, like how did you end up as the head coach at Thomas Worthy then? Well, it was a long trek. Um, I got
1: my feet wet uh, in, in uh, ni- 1998 was the first year I started coaching, if you can believe that. Uh, I was at Cambridge, Ohio under Rick Goodrich. Um, I, I played at Muskingum, ended up tearing out my shoulder and couldn't play anymore. And Rick called me and offered me the head of freshman and equipment manager position <laughs> at the high school. So I had to change like a hundred face masks my first year with an electric. It was a screwdriver too. He didn't have an electronic drill, so I think I wait. I'm going to sue him later for uh, for the damage to my wrist that he that he did to me. But um, so I started out there. My first teaching job was up in Mount Gilead, Ohio. Um, I was there for two years with Jeff Jones, and then um, Jeff got the job. Uh, down in Central Ohio. And um, I ended up at Westerville for two years. I actually opened Westerville Central the first year that building opened. And then I was at Westerville North with Chad Williams. And then Jeff got a second job over at Westland. So I went over to Westland High School, coached with him over there for a few years. Um, I spent one brief year with uh, Bob Jacoby down in Hamilton Township. And then Ed Towilliger hired me up at uh, Olentangy. And I spent the majority of my the rest of my career up there I was up there for twelve years. Um, I coached under ja, uh, excuse me, uh, under Ed Twilliger and then I coached um, with uh, Mark Solis. I was his defensive coordinator. Uh, ended up going to Otterbein for a year, and then took over at Bradley as the DC, and then finally got the head coaching job at Thomas Worthington. So it was a quick twenty years it took me, <laughs> but uh, but I was <laughs> luckily able to finally finally get the job there, and I've been there ever since.
0: Well, I, I, that is true because, I mean, I think I think there's a period there for, like, we'd see each other at the clinic for, like, three or four years straight, and you were finalists for something, yeah. and it just, like, somehow would just not work out. It's, it's always It always sucked because, like, I mean, we, we always said, like, in our little group that you would do really well wherever you went. Like, obviously, you've shown it. Like, let's, I mean, speaking of that, let's just talk about it. I mean, you've done a really good turnaround process at Thomas Worth, and, like, when you got there, I kind of, I said before we started on screen, I mean consistently, 0 and ten, one and nine, two and eight, I mean for a good portion of a 10 a year stretch. I mean, they had a year or two in that stretch, but not nothing that lasted or anybody that lasted. and you've kind of built it from the ground up back from the ground up and it's I mean, like you've done it the right way. it's been a slow build and you've put together a pretty good staff. What is that kind of the initial part of that process of taking over Thomas Wort than been like? You know, when
1: when I was finally able to get the opportunity to do it, he um, didn't really, you know, I knew a little bit about Thomas. So let, me, let me just rewind to that real quick. Uh, you know, we played him several times when I was at Montangy. We played him every year when I was at uh, uh, over at Hilliard Bradley. And every time we took this team on, we would look in the athletes every year. It was like, oh, my God, this guy can fly. This guy's big. This guy's huge. But it was a consistence, the consistency of, you just got to get up on them and they're going to quit and they're going to quit and they're going to quit and every year it happened. Um, and you know when I when when I first looked at the job, I had actually applied for the job one time before and uh, they hired uh, the guy that was there before me. And you know I it was one of those situations again, Nick, where I I got into the finalist and didn't get the opportunity. And it it really upset me. And when the op when the job came back open again, um, a friend of mine happened to be the uh, athletic director at the time, and uh, you know, so I, I threw my name in, you know, to see what would happen. And l- luckily, luckily, I got it. Uh, when I first got there, you know, looking at the talent and seeing the struggles and looking at everything that had led to it, I honestly didn't realize the amount of years, the amount of, you know, problems that I was going to have to go through the first few years. Um, I didn't realize that they hadn't been above 500 since 1998. That's a long stretch for mm-hmm. any pro- for any program. So anybody that was in our, you know, on our program or in our team hadn't been alive to see a winning high school football team at the Thomas Worthington. So they didn't know how to win straight mm-hmm. up. And so that was the biggest challenge that, that I got when I got there. And, you know, we, I, I met with a few people, we put together a great strength program. Uh, we have a guy there named Dan Stevens, who is a blessing to work with. Dan does such a good job for us. Um, he, we, we actually share him between us and Kilbourne. He's a strength guy, uh, knows his stuff. And just, he's been a blessing, a blessing to have. Uh, so we put together a great strength program we got the necessary weights we didn't even have in the building. Um, we we didn't have bumpers, and I had I had to order bumpers. And of course, your first year when you take over, you're in the middle of COVID, and everybody's ordering bumpers for their house because they don't know when they're gonna go back. So it took me it took me about eight months to get bumpers for a high school football program, you know. But uh, in our in our first two years, we missed so much. Our district had a policy we weren't allowed in the building to lift. So I took over a program that hadn't won in twenty years, and now I can't lift because we're not allowed in the building. So we're we're going you know, uh, jailyard lifting every day. We got I I, I bring down some forty five pound plates and we're we're doing presses above our head. We're doing anything we can, you know, and, and and it's not anywhere near comparative to what other schools were able to do. And then my second year, we lost January and February. We went back to remote learning for two months. And I lost two months. So we really didn't have, Nick, a full off season until last year. Um, we had, you know, I, I looked at it. We had 90 opportunities from the end of the end of my second year going into this year until the, th- the season started. And we had out of, the, out of that 90 opportunities, I had uh, 62 kids that were 75% or higher on the attendance, making it every day, being there. Uh, I was blessed the school actually worked out where I have a period in the morning now where the kids come in and we all live together. So it makes my transportation issues a little bit easier. You know, I'm a little blessed with, with that, where, where we can do that at the school. Um, But I have huge numbers and it really paid off, you know, seeing it on the field. Now we were actually able strong enough to compete with teams where before when the second, third quarter rolled around, we were dead. We just didn't have the strength to do it. But now, now we're starting to see that build and, and, and continue to, to show on on the field on Friday nights. But, you know, a lot of the challenges just teaching these kids how to, I guess, how to win was the biggest one. Um, You know, I remember vividly my first year here, we were in a film session. um, After a game and I'm watching this kid and, he continually made the same mistake again and again and again, you know, and and I and I stopped the film and I said, fellas, why, why is it okay for you to lose here? And I had a senior put his hand up and he said, coach, it's always been that way. I'm like, okay. So the, I, these kids had it in their mind that it was okay for them to lose. It was okay to fail, that they didn't have to work hard because it was okay if they did. And that was the biggest challenge for me to get through to these young kids. Like this coming senior, this coming year is my fourth year. So this senior class will have been mine from the ground up. And if you look at where we're we at three years ago, compared to where we are at now, it's a completely different ballgame. Um, you know, the kids have bought in, uh, they're holding each other accountable. You know, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I'm in the weight room. And if a kid's not doing what he's supposed to be doing in a group, the other guys in the group are hounding him, you know, stop slack and get in here. You know, how many times I hear in the hallway. I catch my, I catch, you know, a conversation ahead of me. And one of my kids are in there and they're like, man, we don't do that here. You know, that that ain't gonna work here. And they bought into the idea of this is how we're going to win. And we're going to do it the right way. And that has been a, a pretty awesome process to kind of, to kind of watch um from where we are to where we
0: are now good that, 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 like i said that and again there's some hurdles there like obviously and, and we i and mean you talked during covid like i mean all of us were pretty a lot in the same boat where you weren't allowed in the building or and then each school district especially inner i mean you're in the essentially in the 270 belt for the most part um especially when you're inside a city setting they were a lot more restrictive than exterior exterior cities or country schools and um again one and i and i kind of learned after being a head coach for 2 years your weight program matters more than anything like i mean <laughs> attendance matters getting kids in there getting buy in there uh, especially when you get your younger kids to buy in that's that's the the key right there because they just stick with it and you um, know,
1: you know that, that it's good you said that um actually this year nick we actually started a middle school lifting program in january where we opened it up for going like kids that are currently in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. They come in the evenings from 4 30 to 5 30. And um, we do nothing but body, you know, body stuff for the first two or three months. And we don't even put them under a bar for the first month and a half to two yeah. months. It's all just learning how to stretch and, and and getting them flexible enough and bending enough so they actually can do it. And then we just work, really work on techniques for the next two months after that. But we're getting forty to forty-five kids um, every day, and 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 those are the kids that aren't in wrestling or basketball or any other winter sport right now. So we're, I mean, I, I've got an incoming class of eighth graders, forty kids, just in the eighth grade class coming up, and that here has been the largest class that has come through in a long time. And, you know, it, they, they saw the importance of it. They understand the importance of the weight room and these kids are all coming in and the, man, they're busting their butt. And they're going to be, they're going to be a great class to get here in the next couple
0: of years. Well, that, that's the same thing I did when I was at the past years at Northwestern, my first year, I did seven through 12, all lifted during the summer. Um, last year, I brought the sixth graders that were going to be seventh graders in. And like you, just the first month, it was all body weight stuff. Okay. They may have been able to touch like a five pound plate that, but like, that's, you you, if you can get them to buy in young enough, like that's where I think you grow. And then also also the myth of it shrinks your growth and all that crap is gone. Thankfully. Uh, um, Well, and, and, and the beautiful thing about it, like,
1: and and I explained this to the parents, we we had a, a, a big zoom meeting where I talked to everybody like it's, you know, this is, this is only going to help you in every sport you do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah, it's more football centered once we get under the racks and everything else. But the bottom line is everybody benches, everybody squats, everybody cleans and whatever program you're in, you're doing those three cores. You know, you might add the deadlift in as well, but those three are, are our primary focus that we, that we really use. And so when they get to the high school in any sport, they're going to be doing those anyway. So for us to train them at, a, at this young level, we're only helping everybody else.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get you hundred um, percent. Kind of, I also want to talk about staffing a little bit. Cause you've, I mean, I think any head coach knows it takes a while, especially with say the limitations in a state like ours, Ohio, where it's not always a priority to get, you don't have to be a coach and be in the building. Like Texas, you, like, to, to to coach, you have to teach in the school district. Yeah. Like that is the rule. Uh, whereas here, not necessarily the rule. So you, I, and I know you had to go through several integrations of okay, figuring out what works for your staff, what works for what you want philosophically, and what you just, I mean, culturally. Like in, like I said, and it's so how that process worked for you because I know you got, I mean, both your coordinators right now are are fantastic. Um, I know both of them. They're they're both ver- ver- not only good football coaches but just good people. Um, so what was the process like of putting together? the staff over the past several years
1: you know i was really blessed um to have a few guys in the building um that were there from the previous staff and 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 i was able to work with them um obviously our dc john collier is a phenomenal young guy um in his 20s early 30s and uh knows knows the game in and out um you know my first my first year there i still called the defense and john was underneath me and uh you know i had my background was primarily as a defensive coordinator so i was basically honing working with john you know letting him you know learn how i do it so he could take whatever he liked from me and tie it in and tie it into what he does um and his set the second year i i ended up turning the reins over to him and saying okay let's roll with it um Uh, you know and he's done an outstanding job for us uh in in those two years that he's done it this past season was we actually ended up transitioning over to a 3-4 and spent a lot of he and I spent a lot of time going to clinics watching videos talking with guys you know that are that are obviously the, the best in the country at it and we were able to formulate a great package that we put together and he you know, he did a great job, a great job. I mean, there, there was a lot of games where, you know, we struggled early on offense and, and defensively. He kept us in games and and uh, I couldn't be more happy with him. Um, I also lucked out to land uh, Mike Owens on offense. Uh, Mike, you know, was a, head, a former head coach, um, also was a, was an offensive coordinator many years as well. And uh, it's just fun to be in meetings with him and and sit down and take in the knowledge that he has uh, to be able to build game plans and put us in the best position to win as well. Um, obviously, I, I've got other guys on staff, too, that have a, a mountain of knowledge um, that have brought that have brought to us. And, you know, I've been very lucky, very lucky to to keep together the core of my staff every year. Um, and we continue to get better and better every year. And uh, but you, you're 100 percent right. You know, it's it's difficult to get guys, you know, in a building. It's it's difficult to get the right fit, and as a first-time head coach, that was something I had to learn. Had to learn, you know, who works well with us, who works well with our overall scheme, and it took me a year or two to 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 get that right. But I think I've I've got my pulse on it, and I've I've put together a pretty good staff at this point.
0: Good. Now, now, what other like? I mean, you mentioned the weight room and the challenges there the first couple of years you've mentioned that you've evolved it to where you're adding your middle school. we've talked a little about putting together your staff. What other significant changes did you have to make to get it where you want that maybe that people aren't aware of? like obviously there's stuff on the field we we can talk about that here in a minute. but there's a lot I mean with the job of being a head coach, there's a lot of off the field stuff that nobody either sees or they, they they just don't they take for granted. Let's just be honest that way. So what, I mean, what were the kind of some of your major challenges that you had to work through or adjust so that you would your program where you wanted to be? I think the first thing
1: that I attacked when I got there was the academic portion of it. Um, our, our program in the, in the previous few years before I got there had really struggled academically um, in meeting just grade requirements. Uh, so the first thing we did was we instituted grade checks. And we do it every Wednesday, and I'm a little harsh on what I do, but I believe that if I can't trust you in the classroom, I can't trust you on the field. So on our grade checks every Wednesday, our kids our kids have to send me their grades by one o'clock. Um, if there's an F on their grade check, they have until three o'clock on Friday to fix it. If it's not fixed, they don't play. And I'm not I don't really care who it is. Um, you know, we had some struggles with that my first year um we had we had to sit some some younger kids but the the kids understand the expectation and you know i'm not going to put a kid on the field that has an f on his grade check so either you get it right in the classroom or you're not going to touch the field for me because at the end of the day you know nick our our job is to help these kids graduate from high school and you know i didn't want my my program to be one of the ones that are that are not meeting the expectations of this district, I work for a great district, a very high a high you know high ranking district in the state. And so I wanted to make sure I'm doing my part to meet that. So we put in grade checks. That was the first thing. Second thing we did was put in study tables. So on Tuesday and Thursday mornings during the season, if you have a D or lower in any class, it's mandatory that you come in to study table. And you bring that grade up to us, you bring the class and you're showing us what you're missing. And we're working with you to get that grade up even higher. Um, you know, the the year before I got here, they had to cancel the freshman season because they had so many ineligible kids. And then they had to they had to move up senior night because so many of the kids weren't going to be able to walk for senior night. So I'm very proud of the fact that in the three years I've been here, the last two years, our team GPA has been a 3.1 or higher. Um, we we've been all state academic the last two years here at the high school, and uh, I can't be the, more than anything I've done on the field. That is what I'm more proud of than anything um, is the fact that I'm putting together a program that is having success on the field, but I'm also pushing a program that has success off the field, and to me that is the most important thing that I've, that I've done here. Um, you know. And, and just as a coach, seeing those struggles and understanding them, you know, I work really well with our, our administrative team and they back me in, in the way that I do my, my my program. They're 100% behind my grade checks. They're 100% behind holding these kids accountable and making sure things are done the right way. And I won't change what I do because I know it's right for kids. I know what's best for kids. And if you hold them accountable and you hold their feet to the fire, they'll need it. They want that. These kids want it. But so many kids, so many times nowadays, they're given chance after chance after chance and life. You're not given that. So let's, let's hold you accountable now. So when you leave my program four
0: years from now, you have a shot in the real world. So that's, that's my point. Okay. I get it. And, and, and I mean, Especially after COVID, I mean, you know, as I do, you got the free pass for essentially everything, <laughs> everything for at least a year, if not, it's like a year and a half. And so you had to break that that mold of okay, grades, the, the great. I'm not saying grades don't matter, but like they didn't matter for athletics. Like you had to break that that bad habit, unfortunately, that was created. And I, and I kind of get the first year because COVID was not easy on everybody, but as we progress, like we got to break those those bad habits. The other thing I wanted to ask you before we go is, I mean, we mentioned the all at the field, what trend, like, and it's not necessarily scheme, but like from a practice or an approach, maybe could be classroom perspective. What have you done that kind of has altered the program? Like, is there, is there anything that you know, for a fact like they didn't do beforehand or that you've modified or that you've brought on the field could be drills, could be how you teach stuff. Um, how How is your approach on the field helped turn around where you're at? I mean, that's
1: a good question. Um, I would say the biggest thing that we, we focused on, the biggest thing we've done here, is the leadership, leadership aspect of it. Um, you know, last year we went away to camp for Ashland for three days, spent three days up at the college, and just having these kids around one another all day long. And just learning to trust one another we actually went down to Chillicothe, uh camp sherman down in Chillicothe for a day and it was an army base down there it was a leadership army base and the, and the army put them through a workout for a day and they i think they learned a lot about one another um but i think the biggest thing like i you know i set up we have three off-season captains that are voted they were voted on before we go so I, I meet with our captains once a month and we talk about leadership. We read books together and we talk about the importance of it. And we're, we're in the, the team captains leadership manual stuff right now, but we're looking at the, um, you know, the different, the different books series that he put out. And we use that a lot and in, in teaching these kids what leadership is and what it means and, and how to hold each other accountable. Um, I think that, once we got the belief that we could win getting the right people to lead us and 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 on the field was a huge challenge so we we got the right group of kids out there that hold them accountable that do things the right way that are always pushing one another and it transitioned onto the field this year and the first couple games of the year we we got some success we we started to to see that belief um you know, we ended up losing to Grove City, and then game the game after that, we, had, we went up to uh, – we went to Westland and was able to get a win there, and then we ended up going up to Dublin-Jerome. Uh, and Jerome was the number one team in the region. And for four for four quarters, we had him on the ropes. Like, there was less than a minute left in the game, and we're winning the game. And they hit a pass, our, our, our DB, God love him tried to undercut the route and the, the kid caught it for a long touchdown pass. And we ended up losing the game Had the number one team in the region on the, on, on the ropes. And it, it was a gut punch, Nick, absolute gut punch. And we, you know we walked off the field and you could just see it in our kid's face. Here we go again, here we go again. And, and everybody was down themselves. So we got in the locker room and, you know, it, it, we talked and we got on the bus and we're riding back. And I I texted our coaches and said, we're going to have a quick team meeting in the locker room after the game. And we sat down in the locker room and then everybody got their uniforms put up and in the center. Everybody's sitting there. And I walked out and I said, fellas, you don't realize what you just did. You know, I said, you had the number one team in the region beat for almost four quarters. I said, we lost it in the last minute. And I said, you look at this schedule, there shouldn't be anybody else on this schedule. You should be you should be scared of, you know, because we can play with anybody, and just getting them to believe that was was a huge a huge turnaround. And the following week, we went up to Marysville and played another very very good football team, and we were down seventeen nothing in the first half. You could still see the haze. The kids weren't quite believing again, and we ran a hitch route, and our wide receiver our all state wide receiver Joey Zalewski catches this ball on a hitch and he turns and he starts running down the field and this DB came up to tackling and he stiff-armed him Nick and the kid's head hit the turf before his feet did and you just you saw our sideline go oh hold on hold on we ended up going down and scoring made it 17-7 and ended up winning the game and they, did, they didn't score a second half on us. And we ended up beating Marysville. And that's the first time in 20 in since 1998 that we got six wins of the season. And you would have thought, you'd have thought they were gonna put a Bud Kilmer statue of me on the sideline at the end of that one. But um j- just to see how they reacted, just to see, you know, how how they finished that game. Because the set if you if you put on a, a film of us, any other game in the season and you put that second half film on of that Marysville game. We didn't play a single game the rest of the year better than we did that second half. We were a different team, an absolute different team for a half of football. And we, and we got that sixth win and it was huge for our program. And it's huge for us going forward. Now we don't want to stop there. We, we obviously want to continue to get better, but um, as far as taking a big step, you know, the belief was huge the leadership was huge and then just seeing it happen seeing it transition was was the thing that made the huge difference this
0: year ah, perfect coach so coaches uh give my man a, a follow um his twitter bio being below i also put the link to the clinic he did back for me back in 2020 god that feels so lucky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as a few as a few years ago brother oh that, that's like a different world God, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Uh, check out our sponsor, Coach Pad. Um, otherwise, that's been our episode of the Gab Doubtbacker podcast.